The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for hanging in there with us at the Advisors Roundtable. So, Bubba, what happens when, you know, what you intended didn't work out? Or, you know, what is assumed? We, have, we make certain assumptions in our society. We, we make assumptions that, you know, boys are going to grow up and play football and be mm-hmm. all athletic and be into sports and, and girls are, you know. How well, does the old saying go? At mm-hmm. first, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah, well, but at what point do you say, well, that's not working? Yeah, or it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people have disabilities. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people can't do what mm-hmm. everybody assumes that the normal person would do. And what is the definition of normal anyway? Right. And I'm not trying to take us down, you know, an, an extreme uh, path here mm-hmm. where, you know, we try to change all conventional thinking, but I do want to kind of take us down a path where well, if you get married and you can't have children, Everybody's assuming that everybody, you know, those right. couples are, you know, right. and your mom wants those grandchildren. Which, which is an, an interesting uh, fact, uh, and I, I think this still holds true today. Um, I, and I, as, as I understand, I think it's like 25% mm-hmm. of married couples have fertility issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's 25% is substantial. <laughs> yeah, one in four. One in four. Right? Right? So, I, you know, um, I never knew that fact mm-hmm. um, until I, I think I was talking to somebody, uh, and it may have been 10, 12, 15 years ago. Right. Um, and they were talking about their process of going through the adoption process and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, this gentleman I was talking to just kind of matter-of-factly, well, you know, mm-hmm. one in four or 25% have uh, fertility. It may change. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be more today. It may be less today. I don't know the answer to that. Right. But it, it did stick out in my mind that 25% was substantial. Well, it it is substantial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many times it's a fertility thing where mm-hmm. you and your wife at your fourth or fifth anniversary say, hey, it's about time. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to work. About time for us to start thinking about right. children. Mm-hmm. And four or five years later, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're still thinking about it. Yeah, yeah we're we've, we've been working on mm-hmm. it four or five yeah. years, and mm-hmm. uh, things just aren't working. Maybe we need to go mm-hmm. and and have a couple of exams and yeah. have somebody who does this for a living right. answer our questions. I I haven't looked in quite some time about this, but there is an adoption credit Mm -hmm. speaking because my mind always goes to the, you know, the financial aspect and that sort of thing. And, you know, we talk about children and how it costs, you know, 250 to $300,000 to get them through to age 22. I thought it was every year, but well, uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it just ramps up towards the end there. Right. Right. But the, there is an adoption credit 
that individuals get uh, mm-hmm. when you adopt a child, mm-hmm. and, and it's substantial. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I recall, and I don't know the exact uh, dollar figure, but it's well over ten thousand dollars as yeah. a credit. And so let's talk just a second before we get back to this issue of child free, mm-hmm. child less, that sort of thing. But what's the definition between a deduction and a credit? When it comes to your taxes. So a credit is, uh, in essence, money that comes directly to you. Mm. Mm-hmm. As, as, as I remember in classes that I always took, credits are great. Mm-hmm. Deductions are okay. Yeah. So a deduction, let's say that Daddy Warbucks mm-hmm. over there made $100,000, and mm-hmm. he did something that gave him a $5,000 deduction. Mm-hmm. Then the five thousand comes off of the hundred, right. and then we calculate the taxes on the ninety-five. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a deduction. Mm-hmm. A credit is we calculate the taxes on the hundred, mm-hmm. but he's got five thousand dollars worth of credits to yeah, come off comes of the final to him, yep. bill. That's right. Right. Yep. So most of the time, a credit's really good to have. We love credits. Yes, yep. we do. We sure. And love deductions them. are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to turn right. either one of right. them down. But if I have to choose. Mm-hmm. I'd like a credit on my final bill. Right. All right. So, yes, that is true related to mm-hmm. uh, adoption. Um, and one of the reasons we have that credit, let's talk about the reasons for deductions or credits. Right. What's the government trying to do if they give you a deduction or a credit? Encourage a certain pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you talk about a deduction. Mm-hmm. Well, what are they encouraging you to do if you take a deduction so on that? So if Daddy Warbucks puts money in an IRA. And you get a deduction on that income. Right. And they gave him the deduction, why? Because he saved money into an IRA for because they know that individuals are relying primarily on Social Security during their retirement. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an added benefit to, uh, to increase a type of behavior that's encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Would be the way we, that we I would describe it. want more people saving for yeah. their retirement. Yeah. Right. If you get a credit, in this case, what we're talking about mm-hmm. is adoptions. Mm-hmm. What is the government trying to encourage? Mm-hmm. Adoption. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's a great thing. Right. Well, absolutely, it's a great thing. There are a number of mm-hmm. reasons that they would want to be encouraging mm-hmm. the adoptions. Yeah. Because there are some children who need to be adopted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And go ahead. Well, well, one of the reasons for that credit, mm-hmm. uh, and I think many people don't know this or the, the story behind it, mm-hmm. Dave Thomas, the founder mm-hmm. of Wendy's, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy's franchises, hamburger restaurants, all of that was a very big proponent of do- adoption. Because he was adopted. And he, that's right. Mm-hmm. And he lobbied and lobbied and lobbied and lobbied Congress until he got this thing passed. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, uh, I think many times will say, uh, you know, I'm just one person. What can I actually do? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Dave Thomas actually got an adoption credit. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, adopted in Congress. Right. A substantial one. Yeah. That would uh, foster and encourage and, and uh, you know, and get people to adopt. And benefit millions and, of people. And benefit millions of people. Right. Mm-hmm. One guy. Because he was passionate about right. this particular subject. Mm-hmm. And we understand why. Now, you know, you look back on, you know, 50 years ago when we didn't have this encouragement. And, and, and you think, well, how could we not have seen mm-hmm. that we had a bunch of children that need mamas and daddies. Right. And a bunch of people who are married or, mm-hmm. or adults that needed children and could do a good job raising them. Sure. 
Yeah, put them together. Mm-hmm. Come on. And and we've done it, and it's a great thing. And as you said, we can really give Dave a, a lot of credit. Right. So today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the financial impact of you having maybe something occur in your life that doesn't seem normal. Okay. From the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Bubba Labus and yours truly Greg Cooley with you right here on Supertalk Radio. Thanks for hanging in there with us. And so we're talking about what if uh, you don't feel like, it, you know, all the uh, usual expectations of life apply to you. You know, everybody gets married and has kids. Well, no, they they don't. Right. They're actually, believe it or not, and, and I'll tell you one of the reasons that, you know, this is kind of near and dear to me is because my wife and I um, didn't have children naturally. We adopted two daughters and uh, loved them dearly, um, you know, 20-something years ago. And um, we realized that it's kind of a, a silent suffering sometimes. Right. Uh, yeah. that everybody else has all these mm-hmm. kids. And everybody's children are playing mm-hmm. t-ball and going to dance and whatever, and you don't have any right. if you want them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people also make a decision: Hey, uh, I, I I don't I don't want children. I want to concentrate on my career. Right. I, you know, I yeah. just want to concentrate on mm-hmm. you. I can love one person, but you know, I, yeah. I'm concerned about the financial responsibility. I'm concerned yeah. about the spiritual. What about the, the commitment of time? Because and those types of individuals, I think, make the best aunts and uncles, <laughs> you know? They do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two or three hours yeah. here and there. Right. Man, they, yeah. but, you know, the, mm-hmm. the rest of the time, uh, it wasn't in the cards for them. Mm-hmm. Now, this is in no way trying to uh, highlight this in a way to try to make fun of anyone. No, no, not at all. This is just saying we're not all, mm-hmm. you know, some cookie cutter definition mm-hmm. of something. Um, everybody's allowed to have their own individuality to the extent that the adoption world um, has, uh, and the financial planning world and the legal world, has uh, three different definitions of a married couple related to children. Those with children, Mm -hmm. those who are childless, and those who are child-free. All right, so obviously number one is pretty self-explanatory. With children, that means you guys have children, whether you've adopted them or they've been naturally born to you, right? All right. Then child-free, those are no children today, uh, and we don't intend to have any children ever. That's child-free. Childless is we have no children today, but we're working in some way to perhaps have them down the road. Okay whether that means by natural birth mm-hmm. or by adoption or fostering or whatever. So childless and child-free. Mm-hmm. Now, from a financial planning point of view, you, you hit on something a minute ago. Let's talk about the first category, those who are with children. Okay. All right. It's a commitment. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, mm-hmm. to say the least, it's a commitment of your time. I mean, you got three kids, right? I do. Love all of them dearly. All right. So did you give any time? Already today, this is the middle of the morning. Mm-hmm. 
Have you already given some time to those children already today? A uh, minimum of an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I had a Bible study with Henry this morning and about mm-hmm. 30 minutes before I left the house making sure that everybody was, mm-hmm. you know, awake and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you have to transport mm-hmm. them. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to encourage them. Sometimes you have to review the homework. That's right. You have to call the teacher. You have to review mm-hmm. the, what the expectations yeah. are with the coach. I mean, yeah. there, there's a lot of stuff. Make sure there's enough money in their lunch account so they can have lunch today. And that's before 9 a.m. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's a commitment of your time. Now that you think about it, how many hours an average day? If, if you were child-free or child-less, if you were one of these other categories, how many hours do you see that you're committing to your children as having children? That That's a tough one to quantify. Would but you say? I would say four on average. Yeah. Maybe more. Per day. Per day. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't even touched on how much money this costs. Right. But you did earlier. Mm-hmm. Did you say about a quarter of a million? Oh yeah, yeah. A quarter of around a quarter of a million, I think, is the current estimate for per uh, child per child to raise them from infancy up until about age twenty-two. Now, granted, a good portion of that would be college expenses, right? Assuming but, that they go to college, but, but you an, got but three. an average quarter of a million. So you're talking three quarters. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in today's dollars, not in inflated dollars. Yeah, <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. seven hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars over a say, what'd you say, a 24 yeah. year time frame mm-hmm. by the ha- by the time you have the younger ones come up, correct? All that yeah. sort of stuff. If somebody out there, if you just did the quick math mm-hmm. on how much that is per month, right? That you and your wife are mm-hmm. working. For for these children, yeah, you think people actually put the pencil to it? I, I don't think they would, uh, mm-hmm. because if they did, I think you would have more <laughs> of that category of the child-free, right? <laughs> yeah, prob- mm-hmm. probably, um, but it is part of it. It is. So you have committed when you're mm-hmm. in, in part of this first category yep. we're talking about here, your time mm-hmm. and your money. And your emotion. And one caveat about the money, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, many parents, I think, will borrow money for education. So even though you talked about this, you know, quarter of a million dollar number to get that individual or that child to Mm -hmm. age 22, right? Mm -hmm. During the latter portion there, the last four years or so, much of that may be borrowed, so even though you've got a commitment of two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, a time commitment to repay that money that you borrow for college yeah. may stretch on another ten years or so. Uh-huh. So you're talking about you know maybe for each child on average about a thirty year commitment. Yeah. yeah. Now, now that you put it that mm-hmm. way, there are a lot of people driving down the highway like. Some dude looking over yeah. at his yeah. wife like, what'd you talk me into? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but you think about it from that perspective, right? Uh, and practically. Uh, let's round it up and mm-hmm. say that over a 30-year uh, uh, commitment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And $250,000, $300,000, mm-hmm. $10,000 a year, mm-hmm. $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. $800 a month, somewhere thereabouts. Mm-hmm. And you can see, well, yeah, you know... 
I've got teenagers at home, and I know how much my grocery bill is, right? <laughs> right. Or I know that every time I'm turning the corner, I'm buying new shoes for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the gas and mm-hmm. the cost of the automobile right. and the insurance. and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. You, you haven't had the pleasure of buying a prom mm-hmm. dress. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. those, the, those are not inexpensive. And so... In the first category here of those who are committed to children, having children, it is a, a mm-hmm. big undertaking. It is. Yeah. Now, financially and time-wise, mm-hmm. emotionally, a lot of under... Do you think there are people out there who got into this that really should have been in the child-free category and they didn't consciously realize that about themselves and so therefore children are not and and unfortunately you see that Mm -hmm. right and it's not necessarily from um from a standpoint of a monetary Mm -hmm. aspect right Mm -hmm. Uh, there are some individuals that don't need to be parents Mm -hmm. yeah and i think and you you hate casting judgment on Mm -hmm. folks like Mm -hmm. that but i mean you, you know, be objective. And some of those individuals would, would uh, honestly and truthfully tell you, I shouldn't be a parent, uh, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at this. It's, it's not my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I, I don't make enough money. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I didn't have a, uh, a an example of it when yeah. I was a child. I, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'm too strict with discipline. Maybe I'm too lenient with discipline. Maybe, you know, all kinds of different things. Right, right. Um, you know, before you go out for football practice, uh, you know, you need to look in the mirror and say, hey, can I handle this? Mm-hmm. And before you go into a certain career, you need to ask yourself, hey, do I get sick at blood? Right, right. <laughs> I stay away yeah. from the, the health care kind yeah. of thing. And, and, and being truthful yeah. with ourselves is a very advisable right. thing. And, and, you know, in, in, the, in the same line there, even individuals who think, well, I don't want to have children, never want to have children, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do, and they wind up being, you know, the world's greatest parents. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes it, both ways. It, it can. It, it, it can. And I think the foster mm-hmm. parent Mm-hmm. Uh, thing there is maybe something that more people need to try. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, get involved. And I'm not saying that you take them back right. <laughs> here, but, you know, maybe get involved mm-hmm. with an older child and just mm-hmm. see what your capabilities are. There, there are a number of ways for you to address that. Now, before we leave the those in category number one, those who have children, Related to finances, we talked about the two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar commitment over the next twenty five to thirty years for each child. But also, what about in your estate plan? I, most of the time, the yeah. kids are in there, right? Most of the time, the, the kids are in there if you have an estate plan, mm-hmm. right? And if you have children, I think it is imperative mm-hmm. that you have an estate plan. Right. What happens to those children mm-hmm. should something happen to you? Where do they go? Mm-hmm. Who do they live with? Who takes care of them? Mm-hmm. Who's going to, uh, I guess, uh, shoulder that responsibility? Right. Right. And it's a really big decision. It's one of the reasons that younger couples mm-hmm. who have children actually need a will. That's right. 
so that they can name that guardian in there. So there are a lot of things that we've talked about throughout the history of this show that related to having children. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about what would your financial and estate plan look like if you were childless or child-free from the point of view of the Advisors Roundtable. Thanks a lot for being with us at the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you here on Super Talk. And we're talking about uh, planning your finances and your estate uh, related to children. Now, we spent a couple segments there talking about those who have children, and we've done this before. But let's uh, address these others. Uh, how about childless? Those who, the parents, adults who have no children today but there is the possibility mm -hmm. for tomorrow let's go at it from the point of view of their estate plan is there okay. a way to word your will to yeah so it's it's unique that you brought this up because just last week i had a young couple in the office and we were talking about their estate plan their wills you know mm -hmm. documents and that sort of thing uh, they have no children now. No uh, children now, uh, married within the last couple of years or so. Uh, know that that's probably on the horizon, but, you know, not in any big hurry for it. Um, and, Which is advisable. Yeah, and and we had uh, discussions about, um, at, about certain aspects of their estate plan. Okay. And, you know, I, I gave them a copy of my will to look at and review mm -hmm. so that they could look at the different provisions that I have, uh, you know, trust provisions, you know, mm -hmm. who, who um, in essence, would take care of the children, who would take care of the money, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they had some really good questions, some good conversation about it. Uh, but the way that uh, we encouraged them uh, to do this uh, was to say that any future born or adopted children by us or by me mm -hmm. uh, are to be treated this way. Oh. Okay. Okay. So even though you don't have children nah. now, okay. or if you anticipate having children either adopted or born to you later, mm -hmm. right, you can accommodate for that or account for that in your, your estate planning documents. Now, why do that? Everybody hates doing a will. Uh-huh. And I can't emphasize enough about hate, right? <laughs> and I've got clients that come in that are 60 years old, and I'll ask them every single year, have you done your will yet? <laughs> no, I haven't done it. And you've you know, been banging that drum yeah, for years. 20 years, right? <laughs> no, I haven't. My kids are grown now. I don't even need one. Oh, my you goodness. know, So oh. that, those types of things mm -hmm. go on. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, so... Um, th this couple, we talked about that mm -hmm. and, but even still, right. They mm -hmm. had trouble deciding on, mm -hmm. well, even if we had children, who would we trust mm -hmm. to take care of our children? Mm -hmm. Who would we trust to take care of the money aspect mm -hmm. for our children? Mm -hmm. Right. Do I, do we have enough life insurance to take care of children? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what, where would they move to? Would they move to my brother-in-law's house who lives five hours away from here? Mm -hmm. Would they stay with somebody that we go to church with? You know, mm -hmm. maybe if we chose somebody that we go to church with, you know, are they going to be willing to do that job? Mm -hmm. Right. They may be willing now, but what if they have three or four children of their own? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, don't you have to, ha or shouldn't you have that conversation with them before you, you should. put them in a document? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you don't want to just put it in there and then let them get a call one day. Oh, please don't. Yeah. Please don't. Here's another thing that you pointed out that I want to hammer home about the practicality of that advice. That advice is in those wills mm -hmm. and, and that wording and language is in there. 
in the unfortunate instant where both mom and dad are gone, because mm-hmm. you you know if you pass away, right. you, you you want your children to stay with your wife. Exactly. You know, if yeah. if you didn't, you'd have divorced her before you passed away, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you you're loving and you know it's a great relationship and whatever. You know, so you're thinking that this needs to be in here if neither one of us are here. Mm-hmm. So think about it from the point of view of the child. Right. They've just lost mm-hmm. mom and dad. Right. And you ask the question, would it be advisable to pull them up and send them five hours away? Mm-hmm. Not only has life changed yeah. for them. Not only have they lost both parents, but now they're uprooted and moved, you know, five hours away. Mm. Yeah. It, it could be a very, very hard and difficult transition yeah. for a child. Yeah. Yeah. And so here you are trying mm-hmm. to be responsible and think about this and trying, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully it never happens, yeah. but we don't know. And you're just trying to address it as mm-hmm. best you can and give them some sort of comfort. Right. Um, and a little bit of mm-hmm. um, uh, undergirding and support sure. at a time that could be really traumatic. So, so the other thing that I mentioned with this couple that was in just last week about this uh, was the fact that just because you have a will does not mean that you can't change it. Good point. And, you know, I told him, I said, look, you know, we're, we're going to start with this. We're going to get something on paper Mm -hmm. and, you know, at least I know that you're covered and you've got these documents in order and that's the way you want it now. Right. You go a couple of years and then you have a child or two and you Mm -hmm. say, you know what, you know, Mm -hmm. the friends that we had picked to be the the surrogate guardians Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. new parents for our children should something happen to us. Mm -hmm. They've got other things or they move away or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then you go in and you update it, right? You change it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) About 20 years ago, I had one of my clients came in and, I mean, he was really frazzled mm-hmm. and and full of anxiety and you you could tell he was he was very anxious to get fi- something fixed and I asked him I said, you know what's up today and he said well you know my wife and I had named you know old Phil over there as as, mm-hmm. as our uh, uh, guardians for our children and about two weeks ago he went off the deep end and and it was revealed that he'd been stealing money from this and and he hadn't been faithful to his wife there and yeah. he you know all those sorts of things and I need to get this fixed mm-hmm. I, I need to, ch- to change it today and he, he you know thankfully he did and he was able to so things change sure they do people change mm-hmm. situations change and you're yeah. exactly right I can I can fix this mm-hmm. it's just you know changing a couple pages and maybe a hundred dollars or something right. like that of some kind of expense if there's any expense mm-hmm. at all related to that so. right. Uh, really good advice to them. Mm-hmm. It's not all set in stone if we do it when you're age 25. Right. Right? Right. Because I hope things improve and change and are different for you when you're age mm-hmm. 55. Over 30 years, maybe we do need to review it every few mm-hmm. years as we do and uh, then maybe change it. So we have these childless mm-hmm. families. No children now anticipation of children later mm-hmm. how do i address that with life insurance now i'm, I'm in this this situation yeah. where you were with this young couple mm-hmm. they don't have young kids now i'm assuming that they're in pretty good health right now uh, very good health 
Yeah. Young, healthy. No, In their 20s? Yeah. Right? No major concerns that they've got really issues with going on. Would it be advisable for them to go ahead before something happens out of left field physically that could affect mm-hmm. their life insurance rates? Go ahead and get a 20, 25, 30-year policy mm-hmm. and... And in anticipation, they're going to have kids. Right. Yeah, usually that's the case. Okay. And I, I would say, generally speaking, uh, having life insurance in place is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- you know, number one, um, it's not always that both parents or both individuals die together at the same time. Yeah, right? Very rarely, actually. Very, very rarely right. does that occur. It does happen, right? right? right. Uh, but even so, uh, it, you know, they probably need to, to leave the other spouse in a condition or in, in uh, a prepared state mm-hmm. should something happen to them. Right. Right? Right. So this is probably a situation where you would not be recommending to them that they just get $50,000 worth of coverage. That's right. And wait until the kids Mm -hmm. are born. Right. Maybe go ahead now. Well, you maybe Mm -hmm. got a little bit of wiggle Mm -hmm. room in your uh, your budget Mm -hmm. and get a half million or a million or whatever. And these individuals that I'm discussing here, I mean, they're both professionals, right? So they, you know... Their incomes are, are substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're doing everything that they need to be doing from a savings aspect and retirement planning aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hitting on all cylinders. And this, right. and this, uh, you know, estate plan, if you will, or will and, and trust documents and all that kind of stuff are just kind of the icing on the cake for them. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, I, I was surprised that they came back ready to talk about that. Because yeah. most individuals don't. No. And no, I said, no. you are so much further ahead of the game. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, ever. Yeah. yeah. And some people are like that. Some people are planners, and other people think that, you know, if I put it off and put it off and don't think about it, it won't happen to right. me. Right. And, you know, if you're talking to mm-hmm. them and they seem to be rule followers and people who are intelligent mm-hmm. and want to do things and uh, address catastrophes if they can, this life insurance conversation probably is not very intimidating to them. No, not at all. It's a business. Mm-hmm transaction a consideration um, they have car insurance sure you know i've had somebody ask this question now let me see you respect and are concerned about replacing your car mm-hmm. more than you are your life or right. your wife's for your children correct uh, and i'm not trying to sell life insurance here i'm just saying that from a practical point mm-hmm. of view um and at 20 years old right 25 what are they, 25, 30 yeah, years it's old? It's going to be inexpensive. Really inexpensive? Really inexpensive. Like a half million dollars for $10, $15 a month, something like that? Yeah, it could be a couple hundred dollars a year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, probably something they need mm-hmm. to do. Even though they're childless right, right now, mm-hmm. would you say if you were at, uh, laying odds on this particular particular couple that within the next few years they'll have children i would say probably within the next three okay yeah right uh, naturally born or adopted these, either these way people yeah. are probably going to have children mm-hmm. and so you know address some of these issues mm-hmm. now and we don't have to worry about it and then you can get your rear end out there trying to earn that <laughs> half a million right. dollars or whatever right. yeah. it's going to take to raise a couple mm-hmm. kids uh, we're up against the break then when we come back we're going to talk about child-free situations at the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Thank you for hanging in there with us at the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Supertalk Radio. We're talking about uh, situations uh, related to raising children and or not 
raising children. So we've talked about families that have children, uh, have families that are uh, childless, no children now, but anticipate possibly having them later on, and how you make provisions in both of those um, situations, not only related to your present finances, but also maybe your future uh, financial and estate plan. But what about child-free? The people who say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to ever have children, or maybe fate or circumstances worked out where you had no children. Now, I, I know that uh, you were out Thursday and Friday, mm-hmm. in essence, last week, but it's it's odd that you're bringing this up because I've had this exact conversation with another client out of Georgia. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Over the last uh, last couple of weeks so or so. So no children in that situation? No children in this uh, situation. This individual is in her 70s. Okay. Um, she and her husband never had children. Okay. Um, she does have a number of nieces and nephews and, and that sort of thing. So it's kind of right along this mm-hmm. same avenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, went and, and saw an attorney over in Georgia, North mm-hmm. Georgia. Uh, I've had a number of conversations with him during this process and her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking about what does she want her estate plan to look like? Right. And what does she want to happen? Right. You know? Um, and I would say this, because she is child-free, mm-hmm. she has done a really good job of saving her money and accumulating assets mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm reminded of another estate that was administered a number of years ago that had, I think, 18 or 19 different beneficiaries. Yes, we did. Nieces and nephews and that sort of thing. And right. it was substantial. Right. You know, it was $8, right. $9, 10000000 million, somewhere in that range yeah. for the well, entire estate. Well, if you're not spending that quarter million dollars on each one of them. <laughs> it, it accumulates quickly uh-huh. and compounds quickly, yeah, right? It can. Yeah. So uh, generally what we find is that uh, child-free individuals have a little bit more as far as resources go mm-hmm. that they need need to discuss and talk about what they want to do in their estate plan. Okay. Right? So sometimes that is, well, I want to leave it to family. Sometimes it's, I want to leave some of it to family, but the rest of it I want to leave to charity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, my family never invited me to Thanksgiving. I'm going to leave it all to charity. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it, it can run the gamut anywhere in between. Okay. Right. Now, many times these mm-hmm. people who are, are child-free, mm-hmm. um, maybe they made the conscious decision they didn't want children at right. the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And they've been saving the money for the ASPCA and mm-hmm. the St. Jude and the Catholic Church forever. Sure. With that intent. Mm-hmm. There are other people who, you know, they, they wanted, but you know, it wasn't in the cards. And the next thing they know, they wake up and they're 60. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now what do I do with, with yeah. all this? Mm-hmm. Um, do you see that not only is a financial uh, discussion, but sometimes it's an emotional thing that people need to address there? Very much so. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, having a child-free client, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's the aspect of maybe they, they, they made the conscious decision not to have children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be adopted children or, or their own children, however it may, may turn out. Mm-hmm. But child-free clients, uh, generally, I, I would say are, uh, um, I want to put this the appropriate way. My experience with child-free clients is that they are very generous mm-hmm. individuals, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
and they know uh, to a degree that they're not going to be able to take everything or anything with them, right? And right. when they reach that point where they say, you know what, I've got more than enough here, mm-hmm. and I, you know, what do I do with this when I'm gone? Yeah. So it opens up a conversation of, uh, you know, really the sky's the limit. Right. You know, a lot of times when, when, and, and it seems like this way, people that have children, mm-hmm. right, feel almost an obligation to leave some money to children. Yeah. Right. And maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe it's not the right thing to do. You know, each, each circumstance is different. It is. However, with child free individuals, they can or can't. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. can do really whatever they want to. Right. So how does all that coordinate together? Mm-hmm. Well, it may come in the form of just outright gifts at their death or, right. or bequests at their death to, to leave a certain amount to individuals. Right. Uh, for uh, the case of my client over in Georgia, she said, you know what? I've got certain nieces and nephews that I want to leave a certain amount of money to. Okay. And then I've got great nieces and nephews that I would like to put a portion of this money into to pay for their education. Okay. And I don't care if it's a trade school. I don't care if it's a truck driver school. I don't care if it's college. You know, anything education-related right. is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all this money uh, that she has uh, decided to put into an account for them goes into trust. Mm-hmm. And then at certain times, uh, they're going to be uh, issued basically payment to the institution where they're getting the education. Okay. And that made her feel good, right? Mm-hmm. And there were other bequests that she was leaving to churches and charities and that sort of thing as well. Right. Uh, you know, a number of years ago, there was another client that, that passed away, and, and it was, it, uh, unfortunately, uh, he had a, a sickness with, with cancer, but it was so fun working with him on the different charities that he wanted to benefit at his <laughs> at his death, yeah, right? right. So he basically took his estate mm-hmm. and he divided it up into thirds. Mm-hmm. One third went to one side of, of the family. Another third went to the other side of the family. Like nieces, nephews, great nieces, yep. that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Okay. And then the other third went to charities. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, whether it be a church or, or St. Jude or, mm-hmm. you know, colleges that he went to, mm-hmm. scholarships that he endowed, all mm-hmm. kinds of different things that were just unique and fun to do mm-hmm. for an individual like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that even being child free, I, I, you know, I don't think that that is a curse at all. No. If it's a choice that you make, then it's a choice. Right. But if you've made that choice, mm-hmm. uh, then you've got actually some planning considerations that you need to make as well. You do. And there are a, a number of alternatives as mm-hmm. you, you, as you've pointed out, um, the charities and mm-hmm. the families and and you know schools and churches and other things that that you can support um it it is fun to have that conversation with with people but sometimes when you bring it up they've never allowed themselves to think about it mm-hmm. and it's almost as if it's a taboo thing and like you're going to open up Pandora's box. And I think that's one of the reasons that people will actually avoid anybody, whether they have children or childless or child free, mm-hmm. or they just don't want to address these things. Right. Now, do you ever ha- have a conversation with somebody who has this, I'm going to die with zero attitude? I, I do. Yeah. Uh, and, and really the, the comment that I hear a lot mm-hmm. is if there's anything left over when I die, I miscalculated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could get to that point mm-hmm. where you know you're you're 
child mm-hmm. free and, and you know maybe 65 years old mm-hmm. and ready to retire and really don't have a whole lot of responsibilities to anybody else and don't really know or have any motivation mm-hmm. or um, any passion about who to leave it to you just start traveling or right you know, right redoing old cars yeah. or whatever yeah. you know turns you on mm-hmm. um, now even though I've had a number of individuals say that mm-hmm. right? It's usually quite the opposite because when they pass away or, or usually in their estate, they're going to have plenty of dollars yeah. uh, left over. You know, it sounds good. Rarely to... have I seen anybody spend down their yeah. estate to zero and yeah. then they pass away the because next day. Because you don't know how long you're going to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always tell yeah. people when they say something like that, you say, okay, tell me the day you're going to die mm-hmm. and we'll calculate how much you need to spend every week right. up until that point. Well, mm-hmm. no, uh, none of us know the answer to that mm-hmm. question. And so, you know, no, nobody really wants to run out of money, even mm-hmm. though they kind of bluster and act like sure. they do. Nobody really wants to. But you can become more of a spender. That's right. But we've pointed out before, mm-hmm. it's hard to change the stripes. Mm-hmm. If you've been a saver all the way up to your 65, mm-hmm. it's just not part of you to be mm-hmm. throwing big bucks around. Right. Now, you can do it from time to time. Like we, we see people do it sporadically. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll take a couple of weeks and they'll go to the coast and they'll stay in a really nice hotel and they'll yeah. rent a really nice car and they'll do all the excursions and stuff. And then they almost have to get it out of their system. Mm-hmm. And then when they come home, they go back to being whoever they are. Sure. Um, and so that's what this conversation was about today. Whoever you are with children, childless, child-free. There are th- some things you can do and plan for related to your finances and your estate plan, your lifestyle, your attitude. That can address any of those. We want to help you with that from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners LLC. Ignite Planners LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.